0: Hi, I'm Jillian, and you're listening to the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, where each week you'll learn tools and actionable tips for improving your relationship with food, your body, and yourself so that eating can feel easier. If at any point you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, download free resources to support your progress, or just see photos of my adorable dog, you can go to www.bitesize.es to learn more. Thank you so much for listening, and let's hop in to this week's episode. I have something to admit to you, and we're going to just hope that my old roommate does not listen to my podcast, okay? Because when I lived with her, I was in some of the darkest moments in my relationship with food. This was when I was tracking macros, I was weighing myself constantly, I was very, very meticulous about what I ate, and on the flip side… This roommate was a person who has very, very few hang-ups about food. She eats when she's hungry. She stops when she's full. She enjoys dessert but can kind of take it or leave it depending on the day. And okay, sure. She could have used a bit more nutrition education. I think one time – I love this. She told me – she goes, oh, I ate a banana today, but that has a lot of fat in it, right? And I think if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of nutrition education, you're like, I have no idea – um, no, a banana has essentially no fat in it. It is carbohydrates. So, you know, definitely didn't have a ton of nutrition education. And we would have some really fun conversations sometimes. But from a relationship with food perspective, she had a pretty good relationship with food. And if you looked at the things that she would buy, she would buy a mix of proteins, veggies, different carb sources. And she also pretty much always had some sort of like cookie, cereal, sweets, ice cream, something like that on hand. And She did very clearly practice unconditional permission to eat and so some days, yeah, she would have an Oreo or two and some days she literally wouldn't even consider it. On the other hand, I completely refused to buy these things. I remember being in the grocery store and I would like see a box of cookies that I wanted and I would think to my head like I can't buy that because I know that I won't be able to eat just a couple. And so even though I really wanted to buy some of the things that were like in my house because my roommate had them, I what I would do is sometimes when I was really, really craving something, I would give in and I would sneak some of whatever she had. And honestly, this girl, like she would have happily offered me something. Like if I said, hey, I want a cookie, she would have happily given it to me. But I was so tied to my identity as this person who ate perfectly. I was so deep in like shame and guilt around food that I was embarrassed and I didn't even want to ask her for it. But if you now, if you look at my food selection, my food selection looks a little bit more like hers. Right now, if you go in my kitchen, I've got cereal, cookies, chocolate, bread, and even some brownies in the freezer. I also have a ton of vegetables. I have some great protein sources. I've got protein powders. So a really wide mix of different foods. And so, granted, I now live alone, so nobody watches me eat, but I don't feel ashamed or embarrassed if I want a cookie. And now I am that person that will eat a cookie today and then maybe go a few days without even remembering that I have them. And so, today, we're going to talk about a few unexpected ways to improve your relationship with food. And today's discussion is not going to focus on the food at all. I'm not going to tell you what to eat, when to eat how to shift your eating, and a lot of this is due to the fact that when we struggle with food and when we struggle with our bodies, it has nothing to do with the food itself. It is a matter of control. It's a matter of self-worth. It's a matter of body image. And so before we get in, I want to I just really briefly define a good relationship with food. I do have a podcast on this, so that's episode 47, but here's just a quick definition, A good relationship with food is one in which food does not take up too much space in your brain or your life. When you have a good relationship with food, you're able to eat without shame or guilt and food doesn't have any moral value. You don't see food as a way to control your body. Food is a source of nourishment. It's a source of pleasure, fun, culture, experience, and energy. And so for more on this, as well as some indicators that it's time to put some work into improving that relationship, you can go ahead and check out episode 47 of the podcast. But with that, let's talk about five unexpected ways to improve your relationship with food. I lied. It's four unexpected ways to improve your relationship with food, but that's okay. So the first one is to become interested, not interesting. And so... I want to ask you, are you worried about, you know, you go someone, you're like, are people going to like me? Do you sometimes find yourself deciding what you think people think about you, even if they haven't told you? And I totally resonate with this. I spent so much time thinking like, oh, this person doesn't like me. They don't think I'm attractive enough. And I would, I would worry so much about if someone liked me that I didn't even stop to ask myself, like, do I like them? And I had this belief of, oh, people are boring, people suck. And a lot of it came from the fact that I just wasn't interested in people. And so for years, I thought I had this terrible social anxiety. I had this big story in my head, people don't like me. I'm not, like, I'm not sociable. And it wasn't until a few years back that I actually found out that I gave off a vibe that I didn't like other people. And this whole story in my head about that people didn't like me a lot of it came from this fear of not being attractive enough, which came from a lot of my issues with food because most of us start dieting or start restricting our food or start struggling with food because we are trying to become more attractive and really what happens is we start becoming so much more boring because we're so focused on the food and we think that we need to be super attractive and that if we wear the perfect clothes, the perfect outfit, the perfect makeup, people are going to like us more. No, not true. And so I used to go to parties and be so worried about if they thought I was pretty or not that I wasn't actually able to connect with them. And so becoming interested and shifting this mindset of like how do I get to know people better, boosting confidence so much in social settings even though my body does not look as fit as it used to. And so I will share actionable tips later on to start working on this, but this is at the top of the list of how to improve your relationship with food because a lot of our issues with food are around like, what are people going to think about me? What are people going to think about my body? And that creates this difficult area of life with food because we're constantly trying to control food so that we can control our bodies. And I want... To, to really just let this hit home for a second, because you might be thinking, especially as you listen to the next things in this um, in this podcast, you might be thinking like, how does social stuff really relate to my relationship with food? And And I'm taking this out of research. This is not like something I made up, that especially when it comes to eating disorders specifically, like binge eating, one of the main reasons why we struggle so much with disordered eating, and, and even leading into eating disorders, is because we place such a high value on appearance. And if you think about it, you're like, well, why do I care so much about food? Why does food feel like such an issue for me? And for many of us, it's because we are so concerned with what we look like, how much we weigh, and how other people see us and our bodies, right? Right? And so becoming an interested person and taking charge of how you interact with other people can help you build connection to others without having anything to do with what you look like. Additionally, if you're someone who tends to be like anxious or tends to focus a lot on food in social situations, becoming more interested, interested in other people means that you get to shift the focus in these social situations from the food that's in front of you to the connection with people around you. And so moving on to tip number two for improving your relationship with food that has nothing to do with food, it seems like, is to let people see you for who you actually are. And part of this is bringing shame and guilt out of the dark. So I told you earlier about how I would kind of like hide my desire for cookies and I would like steal them from my roommate. And I think about this now and it's like, if I had been like, hey, can I have a cookie? Like we could have sat down and eaten a cookie and it would have built our connection and we would have been able to see each other more clearly. And a difficult relationship with food isn't something that just like appears. And I think a lot more people than you might realize have some of the, some, maybe not the same, but similar mental bullshit as you do about food in your body. And so starting to have open, honest conversations, starting to bring your issues with food and your body like out of this dark place, and you heard some of that in a couple episodes back where I talked to one of my best friends about this, and starting to have these open, honest conversations feels really vulnerable and scary at first. It starts to become less vulnerable and scary as you normalize it. And you might think like, well, what if this person thinks I'm crazy? What if they judge me? What if they can't relate? And think about this, the people that love you want the best for you. They want you to be the most you. They want to be there for you. And you know what's really fucked up? Is that sometimes we think that like I am at my best when I'm my most disciplined, I'm my skinniest, I'm like the most on track with my diet. And that's absolutely not true. Think about who do you feel the most you around? Probably the people that show you who they are. And when you feel the most you, I bet you think about food less. I bet you're less worried about what you look like because you are in the experience of being yourself. And yeah, some people in your life do not deserve that level of vulnerability or honesty. They really don't. And it might take practice to determine who you can share that with and who you can't. And some people might let you down. And I want to let you know that that is just part of the risk of life. And I'll mention Susan David again later in this episode because she is a really important, she's been a really important influence for me and the work that I do with coaching. She's a psychologist. And one of the things that she says is that the price of admission for a meaningful life is discomfort. And so it might feel uncomfortable to like really show people who you are and have difficult conversations and open up, but it will also give a depth to your relationships that can help you stop feeling like you need to constantly control your food. So, next thing. Next uh, next way to improve your relationship with food. Do activities that are out of your comfort zone. And you don't need to go like way out of your comfort zone. Like you don't need to go skydiving if that feels crazy. You can go like very slightly out of your comfort zone. But think about how much time you spend thinking about food or your body and how much space those thoughts take up in your day. And what if you simply like gave your brain other things to think about? And I'll give you an example. So I took aerial hoop classes in the spring and the first class was so scary. I didn't know anyone. Everybody else already had experience. I felt totally lost and totally vulnerable. But the second class was a little less scary and the third class I was really excited for. And thinking about that gave me other things to occupy my time that weren't related to food in my body. And in that class, there were people that had all different body shapes, all different body sizes. Literally no one cared about your body. So I want you to think about maybe some things that you're not doing because you're using that space to worry about food or maybe you're concerned about your body. Maybe things are a little bit like... Uh, i feel like i want to wait until my body looks a certain way to do that thing and doing the thing doing a new activity or doing the new experience is going to build the confidence that you think that you'll have when your body looks different doing new things and showing yourself that you can do new things builds confidence and so much of us so much of us struggling with confidence is because we are not doing the things So build confidence by doing stuff. The next and last tip that I have for you to improve your relationship with food is to practice some kind of emotional expression. And I just spoke to one of my members of my group coaching program, um, which is the name is The Confident Eater, if you've never heard me talk about it before. I just talked to her about this yesterday and she's working through the module in The Confident Eater on mindful eating. And what we uncovered in our call is that a lot of the struggle that she has with eating comes from trying to distract herself from emotion instead of feeling the emotion. And so in the module on mindful eating, there's a a bit on becoming more aware of your emotions and an exercise to start noticing and naming them. And you might be here thinking like, yeah, I don't really, I don't know if I know how to feel my feelings. I got you. I totally get that. That was me and you might feel ashamed when you do feel feelings cuz you're either you either don't know what to do with them or you feel like they're not okay and learning to identify and allow yourself to feel emotions without judging yourself on those emotions is a key step in improving your relationship with food and your relationship with yourself but here's the problem is that we live in a world that celebrates positivity and pretends that negativity just like doesn't exist and i personally had to learn how to do this, how to express myself through therapy. And specifically, there was one activity that kind of like unlocked things for me. And again, like talk to your therapist about this. I am not your therapist. But for me, what really helped is I was encouraged to write a letter to my younger self. And for me, that unlocked unlocked a world of journaling and actually just self-expression through writing. And there is a decent body of research that supports some type of creative writing or expressive writing um journaling in some form. And you might feel resistant to it. I definitely felt resistant to it, but if you're struggling with your relationship with food, starting to explore your emotions might feel supportive because it can help you really get in touch with how your emotions change the way that you feel about food or the way that you feel about your body. So, with that, we've got four tips. So we've got number 1, is to become interested, not interesting. Number two, let people start to see you for who you are. Number three, do activities that are outside of your comfort zone. And number four is to practice some kind of emotional expression. And so I have a few actionable tips for you and then we will wrap up. So first actionable tip, start listening and asking thoughtful questions. And I want you to think about listening just to listen instead of listening to respond. And this might be like maybe you, as someone's talking, you're thinking about what is the perfect response going to be? How can I impress them? How can I make them like me? The key is to not try to make them like you. The key is to simply listen and let yourself be interested in other people. People love talking about themselves. And honestly, like I can't tell you how much more I've learned about the people around me from this shift in my communication style. So stop trying to impress people that you don't even know. It doesn't matter if they like you. Approach people from a place of wanting to know more, not from a place of judgment. And you may notice in these experiences as you're doing this, you are less focused on your appearance and what your body looks like and more focused on how do I connect with this person. Second tip is to write out a list of activities or experiences you'd like to have. Call it a bucket list. Call it whatever you want. I don't care. Sit down and write this stuff out. It can be a list of activities, experiences, skills you'd like to build. And maybe you're what I you're like stuck in the procrastinating mode where you're like, oh, there's all these things I want to do, and you have a list of them already, and you're just not doing them. You talk about wanting to do them, but you don't do them. And sometimes it's a fear of what are people going to think about me. Sometimes it is. I remember for me when I was really deep in my relation, my like bad relationship with food. A lot of it had to do like, does this interfere with my eating schedule? Yeah. And so we got to get over that stuff. We got to just make the list. There's always going to be an excuse not to do something new. Choose something off the list. And trust me, as you start to expand your interests and capabilities, you're going to see how much there is for you outside of food in your body. So choose something off the list. Give it a good, give it the old college try um, and ask for support. Maybe ask for accountability if you need someone to push you a little bit to do that. Next actionable tip, this is a short one. Read Emotional Agility by Susan David or The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown or both. Like, just do it. These Neither of these books have anything to do with food, but they will help you improve your relationship with food and yourself. Two more tips here. Notice and name your emotions. So we talked about starting to connect with your emotions, but this is actually like, observing I am feeling something and then naming this is what I'm feeling so you might be kind of aware of emotional distress or discomfort and you might brush it off so what that might mean is maybe right now you find yourself like actually eating food and you're like oh I didn't realize I was doing this but clearly I'm feeling something and that's what led me to this emotional eating and so allow yourself to acknowledge feelings and, and let it be confusing at first Acknowledge that you feel something, and then you can take the next step towards getting curious what it might be. So you can notice what it feels like in your body, and then try to name it. it. Might feel like sadness, frustration, joy. Maybe you don't have the words for it yet. There is a a tool that I like to to share with my clients, and and I have an exercise around it that is. Um, that uses something called – it's either the emotions wheel or the feelings wheel. You can Google emotions wheel or feelings wheel and similar things will pop up. And it gives you a lot of terminology for different emotions that can be really helpful. And the last tip is to get coached on this stuff. Get some type of accountability to help you start to take action. And so my coaching details are in the show notes and I want to let you know that even if you're like, I don't know if I want coaching – I offer a call to anyone that just wants to chat um, and we will talk a little bit about coaching on there if that's something interesting for you and and you'll learn a little bit more about the skills that I work on with clients and, and if nothing else, you'll have a little bit more clarity as to like what direction is going to be the best for you. I will let you know that a lot of the work that nutrition coaching is about is about building skills and tools that transfer outside of eating. So nutrition coaching, yes, there is focus on like, hey, can we establish regular eating patterns? Can we make sure that we're eating enough food? But also we talk about like how can we find joy in areas outside of food? How can we build self-confidence in doing things that have nothing to do with food or our bodies? And The bottom line here is that your relationship with food is not actually about the food. And some of you listening, maybe what you do need to work on your relationship with food is re-education on nutrition science. You might need to learn how to add more protein to your meals so you're not hungry all the time. You might need to learn how to find a meal planning structure that works for you so that you're not constantly trying to reinvent the wheel every time you eat a meal. Maybe you need some work on like slowing down and being present while you eat. All of those are amazing ways that are definitely going to support a better relationship with food and these just provide you with some sort of non-food related ways that we might not be thinking about. And this is also why, again, as a coach, as a nutrition coach, I can't just coach my clients on what to eat more of and what to eat less of. And it's also why the beginning of all of my coaching programs, whether it's group or one-on-one, starts with core values and creating goals that are based around those core values first so that you can learn how to eat in a way that supports the type of life that you want to lead. So think about it like this. As you are approaching improving your relationship with food or improving your eating habits, think about how can I eat in a way that supports the type of life that I want to lead. So I will leave you with that. If you enjoyed this podcast, All of you that have shared episodes with other people, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It is so cool hearing from people that are like, I just found your podcast, blah, 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 passed it to me. And I really appreciate it. Also, if you have, if you listened and you liked it, please leave me a rating and or a review on Spotify. You can just tap like the stars and leave me a rating. It takes two seconds. Uh, On Apple, you can leave a rating or you can leave a rating and a review, a review I know takes a little bit longer, Um, but if all you've got is two seconds, just leaving that little Spotify review is awesome. And again, uh, I will link the Mindful Eating mini course and the details if you want to set up a call with me in my show notes. And thank you so much for being here. As always, I hope you have a lovely whatever day, morning, evening, weekend, wherever you are and whatever you're doing.